appreciate you today and stepping in. And, uh, and you know, it's uh, that's one thing I like about the church. You know, when one person goes down, that someone will step up. Now, here's the deal, folks. If we run into those times that we fear like are coming of persecution, where, you know what, for believers, there may be a time where they do haul some of us in. Uh, someone said, what do you think? I said, well, I voted for the new jail. I, I want a decent place to stay. But I'm glad that there are people who will rise up and fill those spots. And so appreciate you doing that today, Brother Ken. And one of these days, it may be you. You say, I don't sing. Oh, you may. Someday <laughs> you may get to get up here and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're going to be in Romans chapter 1 tonight. About 18. You know, I tell you, I think about, and we're going to talk a little bit about being a rebel. You know, uh, there's something just kind of, uh, I don't know, there's just some, something out there that some people like the idea of rebelliousness. We want to be a little re rebellious. I think about James Dean and rebel without a cause. I'm thinking, now, how, why would you want to be a rebel without a cause? Damon, if I'm going to be a rebel, I want a cause. Uh, I think surely somebody could help him out there. I also think about the movie The Purge. Uh, where they said, okay, here's what we're going to do for 12 or 24 hours. There'll be no law. You can do anything you want to do. Ooh, now, th to me, that does not sound very attractive. Joe, would you like to have to sit in front of your house with a shotgun waiting for some idiot to come up so you could shoot them? No. I don't, I don't understand some of the ideas today. There's so many of these things, you know, it's just cool to be a rebel. Now, folks, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I would have made a good Pharisee. I love structure. I like to know the rules. I want to see exactly where they are. And, and, and so tonight we're going to look at, at rebelliousness in, in Romans chapter 1, starting verse 18. I'm going to ask you to ask God's blessing on the reading of his word. Father God, Lord, we humbly come before you thanking you, Lord, that, Lord, that you are a God of order. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're not caught off guard. You're not surprised by anything, God. I thank you that, Lord, that you have a good plan. And, Father, I, I anxiously await the day, Father God, that we, you draw us to be with you, that we can faithfully follow you, not just today or tomorrow, but for all eternity. Thank you for each person here tonight, Father. I know they could have been in a lot of other places, but, God, I praise you that they want to be in your house. Father, speak to us, God. You've got a word for every one of us here, Father, and I just pray that we would tune our hearts to hear the word you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because... What may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew him, they did not glorify, glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And changing, uh, changing the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. God also gave them up to uncleanness in, uh, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God for lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. You know, if you look throughout history, you'll see uh, 
always mankind has been somewhat rebellious. There is a desire whenever there's a, a standard set for man to say, you know what, I, I understand it, but you know what, I want to push farther. I want to do something else. You know, many times we write it off and say, well, you know what, we're not being rebellious, we're being free spirits. You know, uh, we're being adventurers. And we'll write it off to many other things, but let's just be honest. Rebelliousness is rebelliousness. There's no way around it, and there's no excuse for rebellion to God. Now, what they've done is we see many times that, that we'll rebel to the standards of, of man, but also to the standards of God. That God has said, listen, he's given us, I, I love it because uh, there's 10 commandments. Aren't you glad there wasn't 152? We can't even do 10. And, and he's, and, and so he's gave us a good standard in which to go by. And so many times we look at it and we say, you know what, I, I, I understand what you're talking about. But you know what, God, I, I really want to push the boundaries. I want to see what I can get by with. And, and I don't know why there's that in every person, because there is a little bit in everybody. I mean, sometimes we can look pretty and clean, but we know there's a problem. I looked up that word rebellion. Webster's refines it as re, uh, refusal to obey rules or accept normal standards of behavior. Now, do we see any of that today? Oh, my goodness. Can't turn the TV on, can't open your phone up without seeing what I call, you know, constant stupidity. You know, it's just this sense of, you know, people are saying, listen, I know what the standards are, but I'm going to buck it no matter what. I'm going to push the, the envelope. I'm not going to follow the standards. I love this definition because I think it nails it right on the head. A failure to obey the rules. Now, folks, we know rules are there for a reason, right? I think about, I love I love the, the highway rules, don't you? That little strip of paint in the middle of the road. Aren't you glad? You know what? We ought to have a picture of one in our house. Because that little strip of paint saves your life every day, doesn't it? It says, listen, this is your side. This is my side. You stay on yours. I'll stay on mine. I get a little aggravated. The people say, I take my piece out of the middle. That's not your spot. Get back on your side. We, we, it amazes me that because of our structure, there's so many people. Can you imagine the number of accidents? If we said, okay, just drive any way you want to. Take a swing, anywhere you want to go. There's always a creative mind out there that wants to push the boundaries. You know, the accepted norms. Uh, today, we see more and more people who are saying, you know what, I know what the laws of this nation are. I know your mandates, but you're not, we're not going to do that. And, and, and it's almost like a little kid saying, you can't make me. You can't make me. We wonder how we come up with this rebelliousness. Folks, I tell you what, Brother Jim, when he preached a revival to BCM about a month ago, one night he just basically nailed it down that, you know what, people are not good. We're not. That we're inherently wicked. Because if we weren't, we wouldn't need a Savior. But because we are, we do need a Savior. You say, how does it start? It starts when we're little. You can't make me. Oh, I tell you what, one time I told my daddy that, you know what, I was wrong. <laughs> I, he could make me. Neighbors heard him making me. That was Todd Peters, yes. He's like, quit beating him, Truman, let him go a while. I'm telling you, it, there's something within each one of us, even from that young age where we I'm going to do what I want to. Now, verse 18, I think, is interesting because what it talks about, it talks about suppressing the truth. 
You know, they're, they're suppressing the truth. Now, I, I, I missed something here. I want to go back to the goal of rebelliousness is, is resistance. Resistance. I'm resisting this. Now, <laughs> here it goes back, and I'm just going to confess sin, folks. I'm just, you know me. I mean, hey, I'm one of you. Can I be honest with you? This mask thing has really pushed my buttons. Ooh, I want to walk up to every store in Podo that says you have to have a mask and walk in with that one. Yeah. I'm here, no mask. I'm tired of it. I've got lint in my teeth from those little hairy masks. Now, I got one good mask, and I wear it. I have to wash it and rewear it. But those, those disposable ones, you get lint all the time, I'm telling you. I think that's what's going to kill us is the lint. But anyway, there's that thing. You know, you say, Billy, is that the, you know, that's pretty petty. Okay, I'll tell you another one. Seatbelts. I don't want you telling me I have to wear a seatbelt. No. And you know what? I'm going to throw motorcycle riders on the bus, Ryan. Boom. You know what? If I have to wear a seatbelt, put a helmet on. You know what? If I hit a deer, I'm probably going to make it. You hit a deer, uh-uh. <laughs> There's something that says don't tell me what to do. I mean, even to, to the best of us. I mean, my sweet little wife is a kind, loving individual. But I'm going to tell you, every now and then, She'll say, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it hits every one of us. Here in verse 18, though, it talks about suppressing the truth. Why is the truth suppressed? Resistance. The truth, is, is, the truth here tells us is known, but it's not desired. They're saying, listen, we know the truth. We know the truth. You know that. You know what? Well, how should we treat each other? We should love our neighbor as ourselves. Isn't that pretty obvious? Everybody knows that. Is it wrong to steal? Yes. We know these things, but yet, you know what? There's that, that, that part of us that wants, to, that, that wants to cross the line. You say, I've never stole Bentley. Well, that's good. But I tell you what, most of us are liars. We've lied. We may, you say, well, I've never stole and I've never broken the rules. Well, have you ever sped? I came back, Brent and I were coming back from a, Oklahoma City, Friday. And you know, in the, in the state nice, they bumped the speed limits for us. Now we don't have to worry about 70, we go 75. But you know what? Some lunatic passed us doing about 110. And I'm thinking, you know, they're giving you more than you had before, but it's not enough. Now here's the deal. That's the way with most people. You know what? No matter what, they could bump. Now the turnpikes are 80. What do you think people are going to drive on the turnpikes? 85, because we know the highway patrol gives you five, yeah. But there's always some that want to go farther than that. I watched for that red car, by the way, anyway. <laughs> we always want to push the button. Now here in Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the Spirit. What are we seeing here? We're seeing the battlefield. Now, here's the deal. When we're set in the flesh, you know what we're going to be? We're going to be easily offended. The flesh is going to be easily offended. It's going to think, hey, you owe me. But if we're looking to God, we understand that, you know what? Everything we have, we owe to God. And we say, we can't get so easily offended because what? Jesus said, you know what? Before they hated you, they hated me. So we look at this battle of the flesh. Now, it lets us know where we should stand. But I'm just going to be honest with you, folks. It's the truth. It is hard to always stand in the Spirit. 
I don't know about you, but just being honest, when I watch some of the stuff I've seen on TV, the rioting. Now, folks, I tell you what, I have no problem with a protest, a, a peaceful protest. But when you start tearing up stuff, you know what it does? There's something inside that wants to rise up and go down and visit. And I'm not the only one. Because why? That bothers me. There's people that worked hard for this stuff. And you're showing a disrespect for, for them and their hard work. And their, their, How many of those small businesses are, are going to be able to recoup and come back after all this insanity? Now, folks, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I live around Poto, Oklahoma, not Portland. And I pray for the people in Portland because there's some people there that are trapped and they're caught in a mess. And we need to pray for them. That battle of flesh and, and blood, that battle of flesh between the spirit, each and every day we get up and we suit up and we get ready to fight that battle. Here Paul says we choose to live in the spirit. Verse 21, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. What are they saying? They understand. This part blows my mind. They understand who God is. But yes, they ignore him. I can't understand. Can you fathom that? I can't wrap my mind around that. They have an understanding of who God is, but they say, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We did our, our college survey last Monday, and I'm amazed. The number of students that really, they say, hey, I believe there's a God. But you know what? Out of all that we did, 40. And out of the 40 that we did, 60 of them said, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. It's no big deal. Folks, if it's no big deal, they don't understand hell. They don't understand that that was prepared for Satan and his demons and for those who choose to go there. Because here's the deal. That's exactly what they're choosing. We need to be careful. Here, we have reasons to glorify God. We have reason to be thankful for God. Why? Well, for one, salvation through Jesus. If there's nothing else that wakes you up in the morning, if there's nothing else that puts a smile on your face, if there's nothing else that brings joy, salvation through Jesus and the price that he paid ought to be enough to get us going. Mm, folks, I tell you what, if there's a joyous person on the planet, it ought to be a believer, isn't it? shouldn't it? Mm, because why? What God has done for us. How he has blessed us in so many ways. How he's touched our lives and drawn, him, drawn us closer and closer to him. What about adoption? He's adopted us. Were we worthy? No. We weren't. Not one of us. And yet he adopted us. He reached down and, and picked us up and chose us as his own. What about peace? The peace that he gives. The peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, the peace that says, you know, I don't worry so much about tomorrow because I know who, who has tomorrow. What about the joy? I, I, I love walking in the joy of the strength. I, I, just being honest. There's been times in my life where, you know what, my focus was tied up in other things. And because of that, the joy was not there. It was tied up in those things. I, in, in, in the lack of money in my bank account. Or in the problems I had in my car or in my job. But you know what, when I found out, you know what, my joy should be tied into to him, those things can't touch your joy. He gives us so many things to be excited about to have joy to rejoice in the presence of a real and living God is made known to man we can't truly say there's not enough evidence to believe that he's there why because there's too much evidence now folks I tell you what I, I love to talk to atheists I do because I find out most atheists are agnostics 
Because whenever you get to talking to them, they decide maybe they ain't an atheist. Because here's what I ask them. I say, you know what, so you're an atheist. You believe that, that basically everything came into being from nothing. And they said, yeah. So nothing created everything. Now listen to yourself. Tell me how that sounds. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I believe that. I just don't think that I know that, you know. If there is a God, I don't know him. Well, you're not an atheist. You're an agnostic. There's too many things out here, folks. I mean, there's too many things we see. I love the placement of the earth, don't you? Because we're so close that we get the heat but we're not, and the light, but we're not so close we burn up. This time of the year, I really love the placement of the sun. How many other things can we see? Verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the, the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Mm, I like that. What's he saying? Whenever someone, when this world is over, and we stand before a holy and a righteous God, and, and people are going to say, because you know what, they say it today, well, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know. He's going to say that's no excuse. I know with teachers, deadlines come up, don't they, Suze? And students are like, well, I didn't know there was a deadline. Oh, you got it on the syllabus. I've announced it ten times in class. How did you not know? And Ben's like, yeah. I see it too. People are going to try that when they stand before a holy and a righteous God. Saying, hey, God. I just didn't know. You're going to let me slide? Now, folks, they say, say, well, he's a loving, he's a gracious God, but you know what? He's also a holy and a righteous God, and because of that, he cannot ignore sin. There's no way around it. He doesn't just wink like a, a little grandfather sitting back watching you do bad things. Those sins have to be paid for. That debt has to be paid for. I, I look around at what he's done in creation and the diversity of all the, the, the plant life. Think about it. You've got, you've got pine trees and cedar trees that stay green pretty much all year round. Oak trees and, and hickory trees that, man, they, they stay green all summer and then the fall comes and we get beautiful colors. And then we got those stinking Bradford pears. Ooh, i tell you what. I don't know why those got so popular. Have you ever walked up and smelled a Bradford bloom? Man, I've, I smelled outhouses that smell better than Bradford Blooms. <laughs> through all this, God made diversity through everything. You know, I think about the animal life. Have you ever seen a duck-billed platypus? It looks like God took a bunch of extra parts and just poof one animal. Anteaters. Possums. Possum. Armadillas. Look like little armored personnel carriers. But all this stuff is in balance. Man, God sees, he saw and he knew, and he set things together in balance so that nothing is out of alignment. I love it because he is so complete that all he does, we see purpose and order throughout all of creation. Say, what about man? Well, man is fearfully and wonderfully made according to Psalms 139. We are made in the image of God. Did you know you're an image bearer of God? When somebody comes up and they say, you know what, I don't think much of you. Say, well, you know what God does? I'm an image bearer of God. Now, folks, some, sometimes today we try to put people and animals in categories. And I'm not kicking fluffy, 
But I'm just saying, Fluffy ain't a human. Fluffy ain't got that immortal soul that you've been placed with. There is a difference. Today the world wants to say, oh, well, we're... Are you, are you tired like me of the commercials with the dogs? Oh, look at the music. I mean, it's the saddest music I've ever seen. And, and the little doggy sitting there. No one can speak for him. Nobody can help Fluffy. It's terrible. It infuriates me. You know why? I've seen a... Where's the abortion commercials? Nobody's speaking for those babies. And we're, we're more worried about mongrels than we are our own children. Folks, you talk about a depraved generation. Folks, we live right in the minimums of Sodom and Gomorrah. We say, oh, now we ain't that bad. Oh, yes, we are. Sodom and Gomorrah never killed as many babies as we have. You say, oh, yeah, but they were, they were floating more toward the, uh, the other side of the, the sexual spectrum. Well, guess what? We're not far off track on that either. We are created for a purpose, and that's to enter into a relationship with a living God. Mm. People who don't enter in miss their purpose. You know, there's lots of things you can do. I think about baling wire. Baling wire, when it was created, was great and wonderful. You know why? It would hold the hay. Didn't bust like strings. It was a wonderful thing. But then we found out, you know what baling wire could do? You take baling wire and duct tape, you could fix most trucks. You could. It was amazing. Now we can't because of those brains they put in there. But before we could, baling wire could do a lot of things. But you know what? Its purpose was to hold hay. There's a lot of things you can do. But your purpose is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. First and foremost. So, what if a man or woman chooses not to be acknowledged or glorify God? It can't be that bad, right? Wrong. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. What do we see here? We see a choice to walk away from God. Now, this morning, I'll be honest, I was pretty, I pushed pretty hard about getting people to church, and I think we ought to. But I'm going to tell you the other side of the coin. You're going to invite people, and they're not going to, some of them aren't going to come. It's just going to be that way. We can't. We, we will do the best we can. We're going to be faithful to invite them. I don't, want ever, I don't want us to ever not be faithful inviting people to church, but we have to be realistic and understand. Some of them are going to choose just like these people. You know what? They know who God is. They know what God stands for, but because of their minds, they're not going to follow him. They have a choice. God gives them a choice. Aren't you glad? Wouldn't it be bad if God said, listen, here's the deal. I make you a bunch of robots you got to do what I say every time I say the way I say it. But because of free will, God says, I'm going to give you a choice where you're going to spend eternity. I'm going to let you decide. I, I, I hear people every now and then, and they don't just say it as bad as they used to. You're, God's sending people to hell. Nope, God ain't sending nobody to hell. He lets you punch your own ticket. He lets us decide where we're going to spend eternity. It also says their hearts were darkened. Uh, Romans 1.28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting. Mm. What do we see there? We see choice, choice, choice. God says, listen, if, you're gonna, if this is really what you want, if that's what you really want to be in, guess what? I'm going to turn you over to it. 
Some people say, well, you know what, I, I don't mind flirting with sin a little bit. I like to kind of flirt with it a little bit. Be careful what you play with. Be careful what you play with because you know what? It can end up engulfing you. I'm amazed at the number of, <clears throat> of young men that I deal with that got started in pornography. Just kind of a gradual thing. But it has sucked their life dry. I'm going to tell you, I've dealt with kids that had drug issues that don't seem to be hooked as bad as this pornography stuff. They thought, well, just a little bit. Folks, i tell you what. We remember what the devil's plan is. It's to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He will suck you dry any way he can. He'll use anything at his, at his measure to be able to get you drawn in. That's why we, we have to be careful what we allow into our life, what comes in and what, in, what shapes us, what, uh, what molds us. To the unbeliever, they think this is all wisdom, you know, not to acknowledge God. Let me ask you, do we see, do we see arrogance today in our world? I know on the academic side, college and universities, it's running rampant. Well, only a moron would believe in, in, a, in, a, in a God. Only, a, only someone who can't deal with death, you know, because an intellectual always knows you follow science. Folks, I'm telling you, science has to be able to be reproduced to prove. They can't go back and prove half of what they say on some of this stuff. And so many times science turns around and points back to a God. We turn our minds off so many times when we buy into a, a dogma or a set of beliefs and we say, okay, we can't, they can't, we can't think anymore. As we believe, as we, uh, we as believers are also, uh, we can act like we don't believe that there's a God. Why? Whenever we don't pray, when we don't seek his face, when we don't act like God can take care of the situation. Now, folks, I tell you what, I, like I said this morning, I know some people are scared. And I can understand that to a certain degree. But don't let fear lock you into your house and keep you there forever. You're saying, oh, Bentley, you're saying some of them people are staying home, shouldn't be staying home. No, I'm not. There's some folks that ought to be staying home. You know what? This thing, to certain people, is death. But now, if you're 20 years old, and you can go to Walmart, and you can go to the bank, and you can go to the chicken store, but you can't make it to church, there's a problem there. We need to say, God, I'm, I trust you no matter what. We also see in verse 24, God gave them over to uncleanness, to lust of the heart, to dishonor uh, their bodies. What do we see? We continue to see that darkening heart. That darkening heart. Now, folks, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm wrong, but I look at our world today, and I look at our country in particular, and we're a lot darker place than we were 20 years ago. We seem to slide farther and farther away from the things of God, even to the point where uh, the world is not satisfied or the country sometimes or, or some certain people are not satisfied with us just sitting here and meeting in our churches. That they want to they start dictating and you say, well, Bentley, that's just during this time. I hope you're right, but I fear you're wrong. If certain things happen in this country, you know what? They do not want a, an opinion outside of their own. And people of faith too many times are the ones that oppose those things. Like the time of Noah in Genesis chapter uh, 6 verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every intent of the thought of his heart was on evil 
continually. What does that mean? That means, you know what? They did pretty much what they wanted to whenever they wanted to do it. No matter what. I was talking about that movie The Purge a while ago. This is exactly what I think of. If they want to kill somebody, they killed somebody. If they want to steal your wife or your husband, they stole them. Lawlessness. Now, folks, I tell you what, order. There has to be order. God is a God of order. Aren't you glad? Wouldn't you hate it that God changed the rules and said, hey, guess what? <laughs> some of you I'm going to say, but some of you I'm just, you know, I'm not going to. If you're over 250 pounds, you're a goner. <laughs> I'd be a goner. I'm sorry. I'd be gone. His love opens the door to all who will receive him. Mm. Man, I can't find anybody else doing that. You know what? There's clubs you and I can't join. We make too much money, not enough money. We look the right, or we don't look the right way. God's saying, listen, I'll take, I'll take whoever. I, 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 my desire is that you all might come to know me. If we don't bow to God as Savior and Creator, we're saying with our lives that we our God and we worship ourselves and we see that today in society so many people that have decided you know what their opinion is so much more important than the word of God what God's desire is the longer we stay on the road to rebellion the more or the darker our heart becomes that ought to scare now you say Bentley we're the Sunday night crowd why are you telling us I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you because somebody's got to tell them and you know, here's the one thing. I found there's positives of getting old. Did you know that, Damon? There's things. You ain't there yet, but you got a ways to go. You're coming. There's some positive. When you get old enough, you can talk to people, and you know what? They think you're silly anyway, so they don't care. <laughs> I mean, walk up to complete strangers. Hi, how are you? Do you know Jesus? You ought to. They say, well, he's stupid. He don't know better. That's all right. There ought to be some perks of getting old, I'm telling you. We need to be more ver verbal about our witness and vocal. Today, right now, there's no excuse for not surrendering to God as Lord and Savior. The, uh, the longer we wait, the farther we drift away from Jesus. And that rebelliousness, and here's where I, I really want to challenge you guys tonight. We, as the church of Jesus Christ, have to stand on His Word. Okay? His Word. There may become a time where, you know what, the laws of man try to overreach the laws of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, until that happens, I'm going to do my dead level best to follow the laws of man. But when it crosses the laws of God, then folks, I tell you what, as the church, we're called to stand and be witnesses for Jesus Christ. You say, Bentley, times are getting interesting. Yes, they are. Situations are coming. I know everybody, everybody love to know what's going to happen after the first part of November. What's going to, are we going to go into chaos? Are we going into communism? Are we just going into sheer stupidity? Well, I'm not sure. Any of those are possible. But I tell you what, as his church, we need to stand firm. We need to be known what we're, we're for. And in this case, we're for God and his word. We're for loving our, the, our neighbor as ourself. But we're going to be faithful followers of his. Tonight, we're going to have a time of invitation just like this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Damon. He's going to be up here at the front. I'm going to ask our music folks to come. I'm just going to say, listen, maybe tonight God's placing somebody on your heart that needs to hear that, you know what? 
if they continue in rebelliousness, there's a price to pay that's greater than they're going to want to pay. Satan lies, folks. He never tells you the full price of what you're going to pay when you keep following him. You may be the last ditch effort before they're turned over to that reprobate mind. And I would hate to think we missed an opportunity to help someone see how good God was because we're so busy we didn't have time to share his message of love. What are we going to sing, Brother Ken? Have thine own way, Lord. Sounds like a good one. Let's go ahead and stand. 44. <coughs> Have thine own way. 